0: Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM. And I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Michael J. Russ. First, I want to say, welcome, Michael. Uh, it's so great Hello. to be with you. Can you hear me?
1: Oh, it's always, yes, I can. It's always awesome to be here um, with you. Uh, again, I look forward to this, this hour we spend together every single week. It's fun for me and it's inspiring and motivating to me and gets me focused and centered and yeah i hope it's doing the same for our listeners
0: yes i do and i want to uh say thank you from so many people you shared with me a video and i actually posted it to our instagram page on connect to love energy and it was all about your chance meeting with a family and giving life experiences rather than something else that we don't need. <laughs> and I thought it would be such a wonderful topic for those uh, listeners that may not have had the opportunity to see that amazing video. Um, would you share a little bit about that? Um, and then maybe they can tune into it after afterwards?
1: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, they can tune into our, our Instagram page uh, at Connected love energy. I was uh, I took a, a trip to Cabo San Lucas, as I do every two years, uh, to a place that, that we have down there. And I, I've said this before, I am constantly observing people. I am tuned into things that are happening around me, and I, I ask questions. I see how they fit. I, I look at other people's behavior. And I was taking a bus with my girlfriend from uh, the Westin and LAX, the airport Westin, to the, uh, the airport to check in to get on the plane and go to Cabo. And uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. And when I stepped onto the bus, all the luggage had, been, had gotten on. She had already been on there. And I had just, just, just finished checking out. And I sat down and looked to my left, and there were, there were um, about eight people, a family of eight and uh several adults and two children it was a latino family and they were all dressed in in uh, t-shirts that said the same thing i can't tell you what it said because i wasn't really focused on that i just noticed that they were all exactly the same and i said hey what's going on here and uh the the patriarch of the family said hey we're taking it's his fifth birthday and we're taking him to reno nevada to the uh, Monster Truck Jam. And I said, really? And at first I looked at him and I said, happy birthday, young man. I know you're going to Aww. have such a great time with your family. And he goes, thank you. And I said, great. And I, and I, and I said to myself, and I said, you guys stay out, travel safely and have a great time. And I sat there and I thought about it on the bus. And, and, and the only thing that went through my mind was they, for his fifth birthday, it's a pretty mild, it's milestone birthday. He's about to start first grade, I think kindergarten i think it's kindergarten at five i don't know i don't have kids and i apologize if that's incorrect however he they could have they could have stayed home they could have had this big party and had a bunch of people over and showered him with a bunch of gifts i don't know if they actually did that too however i'm making a wild guess here and saying that they decided to take the money they would have spent on gifts And they chose instead to have buy airline tickets for everyone and fly north to Reno for this monster truck jam as a family. And I was thinking to myself, how cool, how cool, because when that child is 70, he's not going to remember anything. Nobody ever remembers what they got for their birthday, not even last year, Uh, not even this year. You don't remember what you got for your birthday if you received a gift. However, if you had an awesome experience you remember that. And that, that child that's seven years old will remember the monster truck channel with his entire family. He's going to remember it. And that's, that is the takeaway. And that's the, the video I did on the beach when I was down in Cabo. I just kept thinking about it. It was on my mind. I told my girlfriend, I got to go out. It was like seven o'clock in the morning. I said, I got to go out and shoot this video because it's in, it's in my head. It's rolling around and it won't leave. And I have to go get it out. You want to it's- Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it, was, it was awesome. And, and I, I'm thinking to myself, there aren't a lot of families I know uh, that I know that would actually do that. I mean, she, my, my girlfriend's got, got – uh, her, her son lives down the street. They go to Disney, uh, Disney World all the time, about four times a year. Uh, however, they do have birthday parties. They do give gifts and everything. And so, you know, Christmas is a big gift-giving time. And I've always said, you know, for, for youth, for children growing up, it's the experiences that you want them to have, the positive experiences mm-hmm. that, they can, that they can hold on to forever. Uh, and uh, that was just so neat, so neat to uh, to be able to experience that and then share that with uh, with, our, with our listeners.
0: Right, we, you know you posted that, you sent me that video, and it's interesting because I had started re-listening to Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week, and it's oh, really? so interesting. Have have you ever heard of the book, or have you ever read it?
1: Yeah, I have um, read it. Yeah.
0: Okay, we so, a long time you know, ago. yeah, and that sort of, I, you know, a lot of times I have these things and, and you know, I get a little itch to revisit them. There was something, wisdom in there that I needed to reconnect with. Well, I found out right. that he has actually revised it, but for, um, you know, for what it's worth, it, it just was a good reminder for me to simplify. I'm trying to simplify my life. <laughs> and you think about yeah. all of the things in life that sort of keep you from those experiences, you know, you have (laughs) this fire you put out that fire you put out. And I loved what he said, he said something about returning to being a two year old, where two year olds always say no, 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 I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. No, Mm -hmm. (laughs) simplifying. And it really, and what it was for him was about don't wait until you retire. To have these life experiences you don't ever know if you have a tomorrow so yeah I, I kept thinking about that how many times that I've had that opportunity I, you know when I went to Africa that sort of was how that came about I had gone to an event with uh, dr. Bartlett who I've studied with for a long time and when I was in line there was a, a gentleman I could sort of feel his energy that he wanted to have a conversation with my friend and I and he was by himself, and I said, oh, do you want to join us for lunch? So we did, and he was a physician uh, from South Carolina, and we had a, a really wonderful and delightful lunch and kind of worked together over the next few days. And when we got in, you know, we exchanged information, and then when I got in the car with my friend Jolene uh, to to go back to the airport, the driver, I looked and I looked at his name tag, and I'm like, oh, you're from Africa. He said, yes, I'm from Kenya. I said, oh, you know what? I really I I had a a trip planned to go before 9-11 and I never rescheduled it I said one of these days I'm I'm going to go to Africa and she said well you're really good at manifesting why don't you put that out there so I did I said I don't know how it's going to happen but I'm going to go to Africa and it was maybe a week later the doctor that I met coincidentally in the lunch line called me and said "Uh, there's a group of us that are going to Africa and i would love for you to come (laughs) that's wonderful but i Mm -hmm. you know i don't have the funds right now and he said let me call you back and he did a few days later and everything was arranged so that i could go and volunteer in a hospital in africa and it was you know i cleared out two weeks of my schedule it wasn't all just work we had some amazing experiences on safari i Got to commune with the elephants and all of these oh, amazing wonderful. little baboons that <laughs> wanted to steal our life <laughs> <lunch laughs> and, and whatnot. And but you know what? It was an amazing journey, and the people were so incredible. You know they. That what's interesting, and I think that for many Americans, we are so blessed with such a great healthcare system. But what a lot of people don't realize is that in Africa if your family doesn't come and cook for you you don't eat um, it's right you know so you, you see and you meet all of these amazing people that are coming to support their family members and I worked a lot in, in the children's uh, area and also with the physiotherapist there and I still keep in contact with the one young man Daniel but you know what it was there's so much about that trip from beginning to end that just was transformative and it was just a matter of saying, yes, you know what, I'll clear my schedule and being open to what the universe had to bring forth. And the people that touched my life there, you know, I really was never, ever the same. And one of these days, I'll, I will make it back. It's sort of on my mm-hmm. my bucket list of things to do. And, uh, you know, Glenn Brooks, who, co- who founded the Vibrant Living Network, which is what where Michael and I met each other, um, always used to say, What would you do if you knew it was impossible to fail? And I think that that goes a lot uh, in alignment with life experiences, whether it be um, something that you want to accomplish. Or actually, just taking that leap of faith and stepping out. You know, I certainly didn't know this doctor from anybody. I mean, I could have been <laughs> whisked away to a foreign country and who knows what else. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I just trusted that everything was was going to be uh aligned perfectly and it was i mean everything from the driver that that picked us up and the big huge potholes that you could lose your car in um it was a a magical experience you know so um michael i know that you have uh had some incredible experiences was there something unexpected that you know the universe put forth to you that you said yes um and it it transformed who you were
1: Wow. Um, aside from every single time, every two years when my father came home and said, okay, got to go somewhere new, uh, and mm-hmm. actually sat the family down together, um, it was great. My, my father was not somebody who would just come home and say, hey, I'm going here, I'm going there. He actually came and he said, here are my three choices. And uh, one of them would usually would not be a choice that he wanted to go to. He'd say, okay, that one's done. How about this place or this place? And we would always choose the most exotic place. Um, wow. because yeah, yeah, it was in Taiwan in the sixties. I mean, you know, come on, there wasn't running water, indoor plumbing or anything else like that in most of the, the area where we lived, um, outside of our compound. Um, however, and, and the people had never seen, um, a black person before. In the '60s, it was it was very it was a primitive area of, of Taiwan where the base was located. Um, so you want to talk about life? changing. Every time we moved somewhere, every time we went somewhere, it was a life-changing situation. Something and so I call them building blocks for my own character and uh, over time. And he uh, was so beautiful in the way that he would you know he he encouraged us to. say, let's go here. You know we've never been over there before. It would be an adventure and that is really what i grew up to understand is that life is an adventure uh for my mother and my mm-hmm. father they made it an adventure And when we went to uh and every when we got there we would always take hops, military hops to places that you know uh, that that we had never been to for exotic places so we'd, we'd get on a hop uh, during the time in the 60s it was during the vietnam war so the hops that we took were military transports uh, planes that uh, would also that that troops would parachute out of. So we're not we're talking about you know when you're when are seen in uh, a movie that was uh, that has a a C-130 or a jet K-1C-35 KC-135 something that that has the back come down and trucks drive in uh, wow. vehicles drive in and people people jump out the back of it the whole door comes down that's what we rode in. That was the exact vehicle we rode in. It wasn't. There was no seats, no airline seats. It was spaghetti straps and and um, with cord, you know, cord seats, and no bathroom. <laughs> so we would fly to. We would fly from when we went to the Philippines. We flew to Bangkok, uh, Thailand, and we had to make a, a refueling stop in Saigon during the war, and so we we pulled in there, uh, landed and we got off the plane we had about I think we had two hours there uh, while they refueled and got checked everything got everything together and there was this little little place where run by Vietnamese and you go in at the time I drank coke so we went in and had a coke or, or you know a Fanta or an orange orange soda or something and we would hang out and wait and then we'd go get back on the plane again and we'd fly to Thailand and around of course Vietnam we wouldn't fly over the the military zone, but uh, airspace, but it was very interesting i spent two two weeks in 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 Thailand uh when i was i was ten years old, and we I could tell people today that I, that I need you know when i see I, I saw the golden Buddha, I saw the royal barge, I saw the snake farm oh, that's where, awesome. uh, snake handlers um, handled ten foot cobras had 10 foot cobras fully unsheathed my you know standing on 6 inches of their tail straight up in the air it was the most amazing thing i would ever seen um when they you, there used to be these uh these uh, <laughs> there used to be these these um uh i don't know cartoons about a uh, uh, a snake handler would have a snake come out of a basket and be the, playing the flute and the snake would come out of the basket and and, and stand up uh that was very similar to what i saw <laughs> back then Wow! you know, it's just, it was fun. Yeah, these are kind of things that, this is what I remember. I don't remember, like I said earlier, I don't remember any gifts that I received. It was always something that, uh, an experience that my parents were looking for us to have. Here's one interesting one. Everybody remembers, well, we remember because we're old enough, but in 1972, there was a, a terrorist event at the 1972 Olympics. Um, and a terrorist came in and uh, unfortunately killed a bunch of people, 16, 18 people, uh, athletes and and coaches and the like, and it was a big, big, big thing back then. It was in Munich. It was the uh, 1972 Munich uh, Munich Olympics. Uh, What was interesting was that our family had visited that that, uh, Olympic compound and grounds one month before that happened, We were we went to Munich. We spent two weeks going around and looking at Garmisch and all of the uh, the history that evolved over there from World War II and pre prior to that, and Innsbruck and Austria. And, you know, it's really kind of cool. And so those the point I'm trying to make here is that for anyone who has a family and doesn't want to because of their age, or they don't think they're old enough, or uh, whatever, fearing something that may be going on in some part of the world, doesn't to actually take them on a plane to some place. I would say, do it. You have to do it. You have to create that experience. It you never you never know how it's going to shape them. Now, one thing I can guarantee you is that it will shape them in a positive way. Give them a little mm-hmm. slack. Let them be able to to engage with. Uh, the museum, see the museum, or engage with the area uh, of uh, antiquity that uh, that um, it, it exists in that part of the world. Take them, the language, uh, the different customs, whatever it may be. It was so much fun, and it just makes you a, a cosmopolitan, well-rounded individual. And it also makes you, uh, it gives you a higher level of grace when it comes to coming when you're at home encountering people that aren't like you mm-hmm. it's it's the one thing it's it, 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 there's this um, adage that um, actually it's not an adage it's more like a fact the average person in the united states only travels never travels more than 75 miles away from home in their lifetime 75 miles it's kind of right. like the country's the country's huge and there's I a know. lot to see like you know a lot going on uh mm-hmm. and my parents took us down route 66 we we went across the country back and forth in a motor home uh we uh we, we stopped in a lot of the places i mean if just the four corners in this, in this in the uh, southwest the four corners where um nevada and uh arizona and new mexico and colorado come together wow what a you can stand there's an actual place the highway boom get off the highway right there four quarters where you can stand, all four family members can stand in a different state all at the same time it's almost it's <laughs> so just fun. you might think it's it's so simple but when you're doing it and when you're a kid it's it's just something you remember forever um, mm-hmm. tolerance is something that you you learn when you're when you're when you travel internationally you, you have a tolerance for people and, and you develop a tolerance for people uh, and a uh, an understanding that there are people out there different than you, but they're more like you than, than not like you. Right. They're more, when more I like went you. Everybody to, wants to say
0: Yeah, when I went to Tokyo the first time, I, I was, you know, you it, and that's what I think you, you learn to appreciate. Culturally, there are things oh, yeah. that are acceptable. And uh, one thing, because there's so many people in Japan uh when you get on the subway, or when I first got in, into the airport, you know I was being pushed, and I, I mm-hmm. really prefer my own personal space. And and I thought, jeez, what you know, what's going on? And then my sister explained to me because she was living overseas at the time that they were actually pushers; that they push you into the subway. <laughs> they try to get as many That's people right. into the subway that they can, uh, you know, mm-hmm. or onto the train, whatever it is. And um, yeah, it was it was. for me, it was, I needed, I like space. So once I got outside of Tokyo proper, I enjoyed the city. It was a beautiful city. But I really enjoyed like Kamakura and Nico and just seeing like the, the country and being away from everything. And I really am happy, Michael, that you brought up the fact that You know, there are so many different places, even within the United States, to see Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. the diversity of each state. You know, I can go from, you know, I'm on the western side of Pennsylvania, just driving across the state. I find there's things that I never knew existed, and I still have yet to discover. I have not heard about it from many different people, is the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. Did you know there was a Grand
1: Canyon Hmm. of Pennsylvania? I had no idea.
0: You yeah. I seen and, the Grand Canyon I mean, of Hawaii. Know, is, yeah, isn't it? Where is it in Pennsylvania?
1: You got a Grand uh, Canyon? Sort
0: of, there, huh? Yeah, sort of in the center of the state, and, and it's supposed to be quite phenomenal. Um, you know, when I was young, and you know, you talk about experiences, my parents took us into caves. You know, that was something that they liked to do. Oh, hear. yeah. And, um, you know, it, for me, it, just the scope of what was inside the earth was eye opening. It was a whole new world it was a whole new Car- world Carlsbad of... caverns yes mhm Carlsbad Caverns Beautiful.
1: in New mexico um wait mm-hmm. when I was a kid we went there we went through there um brilliant place what else, what was your favorite cavern
0: um, you know, <laughs> i either you know, that that's a very good question that's a very good question we um <laughs> where i went went to university we have the the laurel cavern, so that was my most uh I guess the the biggest experience here in Pennsylvania but I remember again being on the on the West Coast and my parents taking us and there was a little mining town and we got to pan for gold. Um, you know little things like <laughs> that. I mean it was it was just, you know, did I get find anything? No, not really and and I still have the photos in my photo of <laughs> I me mean, rolling up my sleeves you,
1: and throwing here, dura in and for you. was shifting. it north was it Northern sure. California? Was it Northern California? Uh, it
0: was North. Yeah, it was Northern California. Up
1: California, in the
0: foothills. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I don't remember a- the exact. Gold. Yeah.
1: Gold was Gold was discovered in Coloma, and it's a great experience to go over there and actually. I mean, it's, the gold is seeded, of course, but in the where you pan pan for gold. But um, every kid should pan for gold. <laughs> it's so much fun. Every house is pan for gold i mean it, it is it is amazing if you can get your, get your get your family and, and adults have fun with it too it's it's an amazing experience that you remember for a lifetime you know you 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 did that um mm-hmm. it's it's a bit of history that uh that you can actually live your yourself um and that's what's what's so much fun
0: mhm yeah and when i when i was living in canada we we had always go on these weekend adventures my parents were always good about that taking us so that we could see different things and there's an area in alberta called Drumheller, and they found it excavated uh, thousands of dinosaurs and it's they have some really amazing museums and whatnot and i found my very i think that was sort of where i got my affinity towards crystals i found a big huge citrine that was Uh, encased in a rock just walking around looking looking for my thoughts of finding dinosaur bones but um, yeah you know little things like that is is an experience and I've always felt a kinship you know here in uh, Pittsburgh Andrew Carnegie was also fascinated with the dinosaurs, and we have a an amazing collection here at the Carnegie Museum. So, you know, even if you don't have an opportunity to to see it where you're growing up, you know, you can find a museum where you can visit it, and you really get a a scale of what a, a turtle was like. You know, it, it dwarfs me. <laughs> One of the old tortoises. It's true. That's it's the, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my and mother I grew I
1: think up in that's Washington.
0: What it is. Oh, did she?
1: My well, mother grew up. she grew up in Washington D.C. So when we used to go back to see uh, the uncle who raised her, we would always go to the Smithsonian. They have a, a wonderful um, They have several wonderful museums. Uh, and since then they've developed more. However, their um, Museum of Natural History with dinosaurs is just impeccable, it's amazing. I've seen several across the country. That one and the one in San Diego. Uh, down there as well just they're they're spectacular. I'm I'm fascinated by um, Prehistoric era. It's just it's just so cool. I want to I haven't been to dinosaur national monument yet, which is in Utah uh, however, I have uh, done fossil hunting in California and I actually did one experience that uh, I had to do it I won't do it again, but I had to do it uh, which was there's a cave in uh, California, in the foothills, uh, called Moaning Cavern, Moaning Cavern. And hmm. It's called Moaning Cavern because the Indians at the time uh, called it Moaning Cavern because they heard moaning from the cavern, from so somebody who had fallen in and they had, didn't know that somebody had fallen into this, this, this cavern. The cavern goes down uh, 175 feet, and wow. the spelunkers who explored that cave um, later ha- actually... Went down another 400 feet, which is really oh kind of interesting. So they have a a tour that you can take. You can sign up for, and the, what you do is you spelunk through the original opening of the of the uh, the cavern instead of going in the tourist way where you walk downstairs and all that, and it's lit. It's uh, it's it's like a big stomach. It's 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 small opening at the top, and then it, it really opens up. Uh, and there's a bottom, and you can spelunk through the top. Sign up for the original way, the adventure, the spelunking adventure. And you can also sign up for the spelunking and the the uh, um, the other cave adventure, which we both did. My brother and I did that. Um, spelunk down on the slippery sides, came in the original small opening. Uh, went down 175 feet by rope and rappelling, and then we actually uh, darned these uh, clothes, these duds, so to speak, and we went down into the little crevices and holes and all that down 400 feet in the back. It's a little interesting tour. I tell you, we, I, did, I did things that I, you talk about challenging yourself and, and challenging your fears. There was something called the pancake that you had. To, you had to, once you get down there, by the way, there's no light, oh, except for what's on your head. You know, you have except a, a miner's yeah. helmet. There were eight of us. And so it, there's no you, – you don't get scared. You, you, if you're scared, you've got to, like, work, go right through the, the fear. And so there was something called a rabbit hole you had to climb through, which was probably about two feet across, uh, two feet in diameter. It was a hole that you had to crawl through. Uh, and get to the other side because there was no going back. And then there was the pancake, which was an eight-foot-long, two eight-foot-long flat rocks that were that were that that formed a like a an open uh, – two pancakes. And you had to yeah. literally turn your head sideways and sc- slide and squirm that whole eight feet to get to the other side. <laughs> you wow. talk about – I mean, we're talking about something that – Good yeah, thing you didn't have a big
0: cat, right? <laughs>
1: That's yeah, funny. you didn't you could not you could not you couldn't do it on your back with your with your head looking at the at the at the ceiling which was literally right at your nose. You had to turn your head sideways because that's the only way you were going to get your head through the opening. Wow. Uh and you squirmed through like a like a little uh, lizard, you squirmed on your back and uh <laughs> I'm it, 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 it was yes, yeah, like oh. you're sitting, you if know, I had yeah. said if I had known what I had done this had I known that I had to do this through this little. I mean, you're 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 a couple hundred feet underground, okay? So, and California is a seismic state, so there is that. <laughs> and so, all I can tell you is that sometimes when you sign up for the strangest experiences, they're the ones you remember uh, the most, and they also challenge you to to uh, blast beyond your fears and 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 concerns. And it was great. We came out all slimy and dirty and. <laughs> And uh, then we walk back up the 175 feet of uh, stairs. And uh, I've rappelled twice, but I've only done the, the subterranean uh, adventure once. That was that was all I needed to do it. <laughs> but I haven't talked to as many people. The, the question always is: If you knew exactly what it was like before you went, or we were offered to go, would you would you do it? Right? That's you know, yeah, if you think... it, it goes back to Glen Brooks, right? Glen Brooks, what would you do mm-hmm. if you knew? you uh you uh, it was
0: impossible impossible
1: to fail well it's always impossible to fail if you mentally uh prepare yourself for that if you if you basically tell yourself no i i am succeeding it's not i'm not failing because that's um reinforcing a negative it's i i will succeed i will succeed at this i would that's what i told glenn all the time it's you will. You have to state things in the positive in a purposeful manner uh, in terms of your self-talk, I and mean, you, you can you be amazed at the the energy and the um, the power that you can amass by uh, doing just that by speaking positively right. and purposely.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think when you do something like that, Michael, with somebody with one family member, or you know, as a as a group family or even with friends not only are you building trust and you know you have you you laugh I think at the silly things, like you said, smashing yourself through a pan, like a pancake and like squirming like a <laughs> lizard, you know you, you know you can look back and laugh, even though it may not have been funny at the time, and you know you share the same fear so you can you know, kind of have some empathy towards that, but it, I think it, it does it makes you stronger. There's a connection that you gain with somebody when you go through experiences like that that you wouldn't Correct. have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Know, yeah, and Absolutely. In the corp- corporate environment, you know, they use it, you know, it's team building. But I think for families, right. you know, that it can bring you closer together. And sometimes because you're down, you know, obviously cell phones don't work in the cavern. So, you know, Correct. you're forced to be fully present. There's, you know, there's right. just the sounds and you're using different parts of your senses. You're creating a greater awareness. I think it's a fantastic metaphor. And and perhaps maybe, yeah, and perhaps maybe that's where where you seek things out. I mean, it doesn't always have to be adventure seeking, but I, the first time that I ever went whitewater rafting, you know, you you get in the boat and you have a guide and, you know, like kind of, they give you like the five minute, this is how you paddle and when you go into the (laughs) wrapper, paddle like this and, you know, if Mm -hmm. you happen to fall out of the boat, put your feet up and ride the wave down and
1: Mm -hmm. and, uh, Mm -hmm. and
0: they, you know, you you think when you're setting out early in the morning, like six hours later, you don't realize how uh good food tastes and uh you know all the different warm clothes feel things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. But, feel.
1: yeah i love it
0: but you know there's You've parts uh in yeah and when you're going down a, you know in in the whole going down the river that there are some places that are just really tranquil and you can just sit and relax oh, yeah. and really mm-hmm. enjoy that that time uh with the in the camaraderie with the people that you're with and really again be fully present it's you know we don't have those opportunities you know people are distracted by email or you know their phone or whatever else is going on and you know to be fully present with those people in your family is to me worth its weight in gold uh it really is because the time yeah the times that you know i look at even my nieces yeah i remember them it sounds so cliche I, I I remember when you were born and now you know my one niece is 15 and she'll be 16 and driving and think oh my gosh i remember what i was doing when i was 16 and uh oh yeah you know, i mean she has <laughs> the whole world ahead of her um, but it, it does; it goes by in the, in the blink of an eye, and so to be able to really seize those moments and to really embrace the challenges that come towards you, and you know, something. So you know, and perhaps maybe adventuring is not your cup of tea. You know, even just going to the aviary or the zoo, or uh, you know, taking a drive. I'm I'm in the northeast, so the leaves are changing and to be able to right. do that is is really a gift and uh you know our for people for, talk about it all the time mm-hmm.
1: people talk about it all yeah. the time here what is it leaves are changing right now for you up there
0: yes they are that not so, so much is just need... starting to yeah
1: I want you to take a nice, when they get, when they get to be in full blossom and color, I want you to take a picture for our Instagram page because I really want to see what they look like. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen trees in the Northeast. I lived in upstate New York, uh, for a year one time and I know how beautiful, um, the, the maples and others can be up there. They're just absolutely spectacular. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I, I would love to, do I would that. love to see it. I would love to see it. You know, the bottom line here, more than anything else for our listeners is, Is For me, I uh, I think what we're we're attempting to do here is to uh, get our listeners to take – to to step out of their comfort zone and go do something that they would not have otherwise uh, attempted to do. Or, I mean, it doesn't have to be – attempt kind of maybe might imply that it's dangerous, but it's not just something different, step out of your comfort zone and, and go do something that you might've thought about, but just kind of swept under the carpet because you were busy in life and, uh, that you were you know, raising a family or, uh, and, and you were working hard, whatever. Uh, what, what passes us by as we're so busy in our lives, uh, is life itself. It passes right. us by. We don't, we don't, uh, we, we get into our little groove, we stay there, weekends come, we're tired, uh, you know, we're, we're famished, and we uh, basically slip into our own, our normal routine, watching football or soccer or baseball or whatever, uh, escapism kind of activities instead of actually getting out. And bypassing all of that to do something different. I got to tell you something very interesting. Uh, today, my uh, my niece uh, is uh, who is in the. Uh, she's a stand-in. Uh, uh, she's she's playing the role of Eliza in uh, as a stand-in in the Hamilton, the touring Hamilton production. And wow, uh, she is she's a, she's a brilliant gal, great voice. Uh, awesome. She's been. she's starred in just about everything she's ever been in. However, she's going on stage tonight for the first time, and oh, as, a, as, a, as, an under, as an understudy. Yeah, as an understudy. And what I say that because she does something very interesting. Wherever she goes, and she was she toured as the star of Waitress last year. She played Jenna, all for for twelve months, and every city they went to, whether it was only for the day or uh, whatever, while other people were in the hotel sleeping or just doing whatever, she got out, she got in a cab, and she went to uh, she went to uh, see something she went to see the museums or sites, whatever it was that she could see that was unique to the area to broaden her horizons and um, Unfortunately, a lot of people who toured in the company didn't do that they they just you know, relaxed or slept or watched television or whatever they did. And I always admire her for that, um, being that she's only, I think she's 25 years old, and uh, she is so adventurous. As my mother, uh, I mean, she, she, at six months old, she was uh, in a backpack. We were trekking around the U.K., for two weeks when she was six Your months <laughs> that's amazing and that was a yeah. that was a cool that was a cool thing it was a really cool we were in some apartments and and other larger hotel rooms and suites and and uh it's it just awesome she was a very adventurous uh, uh eyes wide open six month old and she was a joy to be around and it's nice to see that now at 25 that adventure since the adventure is still uh, with her and it's because it's, it's not, it's not a, a, an accident. It's on purpose. You can help instill that in your, in your uh, children. You can instill it in your significant other. If they've not been somebody who has been adventurous, you can suggest things and go do things and broaden your horizons. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I always admire her for that, though. Always Yeah. Good.
0: And sometimes it can be, I took a... a sea vegetable cooking class (laughs) with macrobiotic food. And I, you know, I I'm not I will tell you I would make it a terrible Japanese person because I'm not fond of seaweed. Um, but I know how good it is for you. And Mm -hmm. so when I took this cooking class, guess what? I broadened my horizons and I sort of had to put down my preconceived notions as to what this stuff tasted like. And the food was amazing and you you know i i always have kombu in my cupboard now because it helps whenever you cook um beans so that you don't have any mm-hmm. digestive upset you know i mean there were so mm-hmm. many little bits of nuggets of knowledge that i i took it it was just one night a week for six weeks and uh at you know as the the woman who who held the cooking class did it in her condominium and then everybody got to eat and I met some really nice individuals um, that shared a curiosity and yeah it was sort of something very different and it was not very expensive I think it was maybe like you know $45 something very inexpensive and um, yeah, it was nice to and she gave you the recipes and and even dessert. There was even dessert in the in the mm-hmm. in, the, in the Was it mochi
1: or was it mochi? No, Mo actually, chi?
0: I mean, some of them. <laughs> one of them was it was even like a, a pie that was made with it. It was, and it was delicious Wonderful. with berries and okay. whatnot. Yeah. So right. yeah, you had
1: the full experience.
0: Yeah, but something like that would be sort of a, a fun thing, you know, thing to do with a family. Um, you know, there's you know, there's lots of different adventure parks but sometimes it's you know, even just so something as like, you know, going to visit some of the used bookstores. I'm a, a huge book file. <laughs> I love old books. I love snooping through old bookstores and Finding books that are out of print and you know adding it to my collection. I mean, I think the books have become my friends over the years, and uh, you know something like that is a fun adventure and sort of that so. you can Love it. do with a family.
1: Yeah, you can. I mean, I don't know if kids are going to think books are so exciting, uh, which is <laughs> a shame. But especially after you know if you're in school and things, oh, you're carrying, you're lugging these books around all day, and I'm going to go to a bookstore. Oh wow. Um, yeah, there are there are wonderful adventures to be had out there in the world, uh, everywhere, and I I love it. It's it's fun, and definitely want to encourage all of our listeners to, uh, and PRNFM here to to embrace the uh, the the Glenn Brooks uh, mantra of you know taking part in something. Challenge yourself to take part in something. Uh, you know, with the with the knowledge that you're there is no failure it's it's mm-hmm. just you're you're doing something you're engaging in it um, this our country is obsessed the world is obsessed with pass or fail did you fail did you succeed um failure is nothing more than an opportunity to learn and to expand your horizons that's all it is there's no there's no failure you did something you did something different did you do it to the best that you of of better than somebody else, I should say, or as good as you thought you would, maybe not initially, mm-hmm. if you like it, do it again uh, yeah, and right. you know be, be um, pursue it with some grace and 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 open mindedness, and you never can tell what will happen. Some things do require skill and effort and knowledge uh, you just mm-hmm. can't go in there and do them one time, some things do. And I think the brilliance of this is that it's about expanding your horizons. It's about finding, challenge yourself to find new things that you have an interest in. And also discovering your own talents and gifts. That's that's a right. big part of it. You never, you ever can tell. I know, I love archaeology. Uh, I'm not an archaeologist. I didn't go study it. However, I've been to enough archaeological sites in my life to enjoy uh, the the thrill of archaeology, although it may look like watching paint dry um it it uh, it may seem like that to somebody it's
0: treasure (laughs) hunting right so today (laughs) exactly you know and and it it, sometimes things come up in unexpected ways so today i i i live uh, where my dogs are is there's a big big cemetery and then the yard Mm. Uh, There's a big hill and people used to dump. I mean, it's amazing. I've had that house for over 20 years and I still find glass. I still find things. So whenever there is a rainstorm or whatever, new things are unearthed. It's like an archaeological dig. And so today when I was, you know, cleaning up some different debris and things like that so the the deer and other animals don't uh, hurt themselves, I found an antique milk bottle from the auto dairy, which it's a big when back in the day you used to get your milk delivered in a bottle. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't broken. I mean, it was filled with dirt. I don't know how it unearthed and it didn't get broken, Uh, but I actually have an auto milk milk crate. I don't know when it what it dates back to when when they stopped delivering milk, but it's pretty old. And uh, so I brought it in and just rinsed it off, and it just sort of, you know, it was an unexpected find in my day. So I I empathize and I can totally uh, appreciate your love of archaeology, the things that that come up and are unearthed from before. Um, yeah. But you know, when Another when you time. would talk about. Glenn's quote you know what would you do if it, you knew it was impossible to fail and I used to think about that because you always think that it has to be some grandiose uh, achievement that you have to undertake it can be something very simple you know, right. just what whatever it is and it doesn't have to be just one thing you know once you accomplish something you know then you know the, the world really truly is your oyster you have So many different accesses to to so many opportunities each day it's just opening your eyes and like you said Michael you know when you you start to unearth what is it that you're unearthing even within yourself and we've been talking about Mm -hmm. you know this journey of self discovery and it's a lot like that what are you discovering what serves you what doesn't serve you what is important Uh, what would you like to learn uh, there's so much still that lies ahead. No matter what age you are in your life, whether you're six, sixty, or like my aunt who is a uh, hundred, it's so fascinating oh, to wonderful. talk to her because she still lives by herself and intends mm-hmm. to do so until she takes her last breath. And uh, you know, the things that she she still really enjoys reading, and she'll she'll. you know she it's amazing how many books that she goes through uh and i'm grateful that she still has Hmm. her eyesight and is able to do that
1: it's wonderful this is going to be my, my mother's 94th birthday as well and she lives by herself and drives and uh um you know gets on a plane and flies to see my sister in southern california uh from northern california and it's it's really wonderful um i had many hours of conversation with glenn brooks about the, the concept the many of his ideas uh and um it's it's a shame he's not with us anymore however uh what he what he left is is i'm sure made a, a big impression on those that knew him uh the best you know knew him knew who he was and what his his uh uh life uh, mantras were and and it's it, it is really unique and there's no perfect individual, however. I think everybody has something that they can impart to the world that can help uh, humanity, help another human being, and it's the perception that that you will fail keeps a lot of people from actually pursuing their goals, intentions, and dreams, those they come up mm-hmm. with um, and because it, it's interesting it's a concept I call ma- micro macro, and I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, just uh, who I've been mentoring here for uh, the last couple of years and uh, he's 37 gonna be 38 next next week and micro macro a lot of times people focus on the the micro of something instead of the macro picture the big picture Um, the micro is what you have to do the steps you have to take to actually get there Uh, if you get caught up in the in the steps and making judgments about them, negative perceptions. You develop negative perceptions about the steps, and and you judge yourself all along the way. Then the micro picture gets gets lost. I mean, the macro picture gets lost, the big picture. Um, and uh, you have to remain focused on on the 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 end game to whatever it is that you're you're pursuing, so that the you can embrace and and enjoy the journey of the steps that it takes to get there. Um, certain things. Being an, archae- being an archaeologist is awesome. I can be an amateur archaeologist by signing up as a volunteer with a uh, New York University or any other university that's going to do a dig around the world. And uh, when I lived in Turkey, New York University was basically involved in most of the digs that were occurring in, in that country. And I was able to talk to some people at the time as a teenager. I visited many, many historical sites and uh, Greco-Roman sites and the like. And uh, get a sense for, uh, for it. I visited the Acropolis when I was, oh, gosh, I was 13. Um, went to Rome when I was 12 and uh, mm-hmm. saw the, the, uh, the, uh, the Vatican and the uh, Sistine Chapel while it was smoked over. I actually saw it twice. Smoked over, okay, you know, with the soot. Uh, and then mm-hmm. after the Restoration, went back after the Restoration about uh, 20 years ago. And it was, it was brilliant. It was amazing. What a night and day difference. You want, you don't have to go to necessarily go to Rome or anywhere else or Pompeii or these other, or the Acropolis in Athens. It, it's, there are many things, historical sites, even here in the United States. The cave dwellings in Arizona, um, the uh, indigenous cave dwellings um, are, at, cliff dwellings, excuse me, are absolutely spectacular. And you can kind of transport yourself back in time. And you can also see the hardships that many people went through in order to live and survive in that in that time frame. And it gives you an appreciation for where you are now and how easy we have it. Um, you know, walking to a grocery store to buy food versus having to go out and, you know, make it happen on a daily basis. Um, these are, in my view, the impossibility, the impossible isn't impossible. It's just something that is. And the word impossible is really a, a perception that we have to get over if we're to... Uh, expand our own horizons and you know, our own mm-hmm. our own thinking uh, our own uh, experiences in life now i'm, I'm going to be the first one to tell you um i'm not too interested in jumping out of an airplane some people are uh, <laughs> right and you know i've had i got a buddy did it on his 50th birthday i've seen many many people do it I think that's fantastic i've been whitewater rafting like you and got the same talk it's like, if this raft tips over and you're going, wait a minute, it can, tickle, it can tip over? <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll hit some rough rapids because we are dealing with, with the uncontrollable here. We're dealing with Mother Nature. Uh, we may get to a part here where we get into some number threes and we could, you know, if anything could happen, make sure that you, you know, come back up and put your feet in front of you so that you make sure you don't, you know, that your feet cushion you when you come against rocks. I'm going, come against rocks? it's so amazing what can happen once you get once you're in the boat and you're getting to talk you're going like can I leave now (laughs) no you can't you're here you're stuck with a journey and that's the point of no return that point of no return is a great place to be because you commit at that particular point and now everything is possible everything Mm -hmm. is possible it's that point of commitment exactly that point where the guy said okay we're going down now and we can't try back. we're already in 50 feet and it's too dark in here to turn around and go back. That was the talk I got when I went into the cage, you know. There is, no, there is no going back, so you're only going forward because <laughs> there's nobody right. to take you back. I'm like, okay, and if we all then, – then that pivotal – that's the pivotal moment where you say, I will succeed. I am succeeding at this. No matter what it takes, I am succeeding. I don't have the – I can't chicken out uh, and, and go somewhere else. It's a fabulous feeling. My gosh, it is a feeling. I know you felt it. <laughs> you just talked about so many different ways that you felt it. We want our listeners to feel it. It's it is spectacular. Let well, their kids feel it. Let let the youth of this country feel what it's like to be in that in that situation in that environment, and not just go to what's comfortable about you know going to to the Instagram spots and taking pictures or uh, or just or, or or just not going at all. It's being there in the moment is the most is the most dazzling experience. That you could have and it sticks with you again forever it's sticky those are sticky moments in your life you want those
0: you're absolutely right and you know i think that there is no dream that is too wild to pursue no nothing that is truly impossible you you think about that impossible dream it seems like it's so far away and it really isn't, you know. I think and that's where the illusion is, that it's your desire to overcome any fears. And then, as you said, you walk through that door, but you get to the point where you you walk through, and as you keep moving forward, there's lots of turns and lots of different things that may be uncomfortable, and you may have to turn your head and change your perspective just for a short time. But as you keep that's moving awesome. through doors, mm-hmm will open things will happen and then before you know it you'll you'll see what was at the light at the end of the tunnel you know not just from your headlamp you know it's truly truly amazing I think so many times it's just that uh, that illusion of fear that keeps us stagnant and you know I I just want to thank you again Michael because that video was so inspiring and it made me really you know even myself take note and really look at the experiences and just okay you know I've got we are winding down another year before another year begins what is it that I want to experience for myself and uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about uh, you know, Tim Ferriss's book and the reminder of you know the four-hour work week is that we, you know, we don't really have to work eight hours. You know, we we been trained to think, okay, I've got to go to this job and it's nine to five. And what do you what does it take? How much time does it take to actually accomplish that task? Like really, mm-hmm. when you look at it, oh, things don't really take that long. This, this morning, I I had to do some painting that I wasn't really expecting. So I thought, okay, well, I'm am gonna make this. Fun. I'm gonna see how long it really takes. Somebody to do this, what I would have somebody else do it. It was it was less than two hours. Um, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not that was, long. I was <laughs> nope. I was covered in in paint, and uh, but I cleaned up everything <laughs> and got in the shower, and uh, you know threw away my. I did, I actually wasn't. Covered in paint from painting, I, I had a drop cloth that was just a plastic drop cloth, and when I mm-hmm. uh, went to pick up the drop cloth, there was some pools of paint that splashed up on me. So,
1: uh oh! Uh um, oh! That's all right. Hey, listen,
0: that's all right.
1: Okay, truth be told, I've, I've been I've, I've spent three days painting barn doors, and now I have to um, paint. Uh, I have to stain the inside of, of the barn and uh, the inside of some barn doors. So. I, I uh, commiserate with you in, this, uh, in the beauty of, uh, of, of being able to uh, – the beauty of accomplishment, really, what it is. I, you know, my girlfriend says, oh, I'm sorry I had to do this. I said, listen, I really enjoy doing this. It's fun. I've got a very steady hand. As a, as a, I can train trim with, with left or right hand, um, very steady. And I, it's just a skill that I don't use very often. I'm not a painter by mm-hmm. trade. However, I enjoy it, and what you what you do when you when you take on those those missions that don't require a serious skill set uh like a carpenter or something like that that require, uh, requires a lot of knowledge, what you do is you you gain this, this sense of of um, knowing about yourself and mm-hmm. it 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 bolsters your own self confidence and That's something that you can transfer to a lot of other things. The sense of accomplishment that you get, that I know I get, and I know you felt it when you were done with it, you did it by yourself, and you look at it and go, Yeah, I did that. You know, and And I uh, I didn't desire somebody to do it.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. And I sort of felt like I was in no time. Like, even though I was like, I thought, Oh, how long does this take? I, you know, Mm -hmm. I focused on the boards that I was painting, uh, you know, staining. um, And, I was like, "Oh, look at how much I got done!" But I wasn't. I didn't look at it as a burden. Um, it was just an. It was an experience. <laughs> it was an experience. It, it was people, a beautiful sunny it, it, day. It felt great to be outside, uh, and it was done before I knew it.
1: One of the things, the only thing I can tell our listeners is that if you're going to do something which you've never done before, make sure that you have a positive perception about yourself doing whatever it is. Maintain a positive perception about your ability to do it, about yourself, about, you know, if you don't know what, what you need to know, you will learn it, um, that you can go somewhere and you can learn how and you can try. Just have a positive perception of of doing it because having a negative perception of do it does not make it fun, number one. It makes it drudgery and it makes it it makes it the kind of experience that you don't really learn something from. You want a positive experience, so have a positive perception uh, on your way to doing something that um, that you uh, you're going to do because you know you it would be impossible to fail. It's a great perception.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and awesome. in the immortal words of Glenn Brooks, your lives are precious. You know, enjoy it, and that oh, yeah. that's another another one that I I truly. Embody and and really am so grateful, you know, for that reminder every day. And I'm grateful you. to you, Michael, and and to our audience for listening. And um I'm just I, I'm i eager to hear about the experiences everybody is going to undertake. And what is it that you would do if you knew it was impossible to fail? And and Michael, I'll let you close out the show. <laughs> and, um, so well, we got about 30
1: seconds here. Um, oh, now you got a little bit longer yeah well, I can tell you uh let's see <sighs> something that i i i' I'm, I'm, I think I've mentioned this before but i i want to work with my hands i want to work with either clay or stone sandstone something to 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 sculpt something I really want want to be able to 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 do that to sculpt to whatever comes to mind uh with my hands i want to work with my hands and work with with a natural uh, compound to and to just see what happens. Uh I mm-hmm. see other people have done some amazing things and I know I have the capability of, of uh creating something really cool and I just have to do it. You know, put myself in a situation where I where I'm doing it. You know? Yeah. So, well um, and yeah we'll
0: make that so. That's one yeah. We will it'll happen. It'll happen. It will. <laughs>
1: <All> <laughs> I know it right. will.
0: All right. It's awesome. Thank you. And uh, so grateful and in, in in wishing everybody uh, an amazing week and uh looking forward to the next time that we connect when the stars align here on Connect to so, and uh
1: So true.